All right, welcome again to the SEM podcast. I'm your host Zach Hewlett, and Jack Bryce may or may not join us tonight. Uh, tonight, uh, but we're super excited to be talking tonight with the famous Chris Mace. Chris, <laughs> Hi, how are you, mate? Oh, great. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I've been looking forward to this for ages. I really have. I, yeah, I know. I, I was thinking about it, and we tried to put this together back in the fall. Yes, and man, it's just been crazy like how time continued to flow on and i know you were starting a new job at that point in time we can talk about that in yeah in, in, here in a minute but uh tell me first off where are you joining us from tonight i live in huddersfield um been here for 17 years basically within a few months of coming home from my mission um i got married and we moved to huddersfield um and yeah we've we've had a couple of houses since but yeah we're quite settled in the town so we're, i'm about an hour away from where i grew up in sheffield Okay, that's awesome. Well, cool. Well, you've been listening to the podcast and you understand the format. We'll talk about yes, pre-mission yeah. and all that before. We'll talk about life since being home and then we'll go back through the mission. So floor is yours, mate. Yeah, right. Well, um, the mission call. Well, obviously it was um, a bit unusual because my cousin got exactly the same call on exactly the same day. Uh, and that was always was it, one that was, you know. Was it really yeah, the same yeah. day? Yeah, literally exactly the same day. I, I think the mission calls from America do sort of drop on the, in the same day in the UK. By the time the post comes, they, well, they used to at least go to the office in Solihull and then end up being distributed. Right. Uh, but yeah, literally exactly the same day. But a weirder one than that was uh, Tom Brownlow. Tom and I grew up together in the same ward. Um, his parents moved away when I think he was probably 14-ish or something like that. But, you know, if I look through pictures of me at like you know my fourth birthday party fifth birthday party tom brownlow's always there so he's a kid just i've known since ever. <laughs> i don't re i don't remember not knowing tom um and our, our mission calls came on the same day and we both got scotland so yeah that was that was oh, really man. weird that's that amazing really weird but the, the one with my cousin we always sort of said that um you know you imagine like the, the papers going in front of the prophet or whatever and he says like chris mace right scotland and then a couple of a couple of papers down in the file chris mace hey i, I already said scotland <laughs> And, yeah, <laughs> you know that they've just they've just sent us to the same place oh we already, yeah we, we've already done that guy scotland we already said <laughs> did you and, and your cousin chris like live nearby as far no, as not like really. no, he, he's from like right at the south of england so i mean obviously okay. our, our um our dads are brothers right um, it's a big, big family loads of cousins um so no, I, other than obviously the you know the big family occasions, I didn't really see him much growing up. Um, I was yeah, I was much closer to Tom Brownlow. Um, <laughs> so really weird being in the MTC with with those guys as well. And the funny thing as well is um, the other Chris, I think he's from the same ward as Simon Drew, so he had the same experience oh. as me that he he got his mission call on exactly the same day as his ward mate Simon. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, it was it was weird. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Well, um, I can assure you, Tom Brownlow is going to be on the on the podcast here in a few oh, weeks, too, so we're looking forward to chatting with him. And that'd be great. I've not heard from him for years, so yeah, that'd be nice actually. Yeah, yeah, it'll be good. We've. I'm trying to think. I have reached out to Simon as well, and he's gotten back to me, but we haven't got on the schedule. And I've yeah. reached out to your cousin quite a few times, and he just hasn't got back to me. So maybe right. this is the tipping point to get him to come on and and share yeah. with us. I'd love I'll to give, chat with I'll him give too. You a push. Yeah, I, lo I love it. All right. Yeah. So take us back. Um, you know, when you got your mission call, like what what was your experience in preparation to to going on a mission? Was it something you always wanted to do? Tell us that story. Yeah. So it, it was something I always I always wanted to do. I always knew that I, I was going to do that. Um, 
I sort of changed my plans slightly. I was um, initially I was going to do university first and sort of go on a mission, sort of age twenty one ish. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I decided to do it that way. It just, it just felt I, I felt like I wanted to continue my education and then put a mission slightly later. But it was always my intent to go. Uh, but then sort of halfway through uni, it wasn't going the way I wanted. And I thought, right, it's time for time for a break. Um, so I put my papers in when I was uh, 20, when I, I put them in. And I was almost 21 when I when I left. Um, and, I, you know, obviously, I had uh, great ideas about going abroad and learning a foreign language. But, you know, at, at the time in the UK, the, the majority of missionaries were staying fairly local. And where I grew up, we were quite cl- I was in the Leeds mission. We were quite close to Birmingham and Manchester. So I, I figured it would be probably ireland scotland or london so mm. i know like a lot of a lot of americans say they open the call and they're so excited but i was just like yeah I, I thought it'd probably be scotland and there's just a little bit of not disappointment just you, you know like if you foot like if your football team or soccer team or whatever if you if you know you're gonna lose and you do lose you're not disappointed you're just like mm, that went the way i thought it was gonna go <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was my feeling opening the call uh, it's, yeah, that's what I thought would happen. <laughs> oh man, that's amazing! Now, um, when did you enter the MTC? What uh, month and year? So it was March tw- two thousand four. March two thousand four, and I remember it was seventeenth of March, so it was St Patrick's Day. Yeah. Oh really? Yes, yeah, seventeenth yeah, of March. So yeah, never been able to forget that. Um, and there was and, a big celebration and, for for all the Irish that were there. Yeah, well, I suppose, yeah, I suppose there must have been, but I don't really remember. <laughs> yeah, there certainly wasn't the traditional uh, St. Patrick's Day celebration of drinking, not in the MCC. <laughs> but just another just another one to add, you know, I've talked about like, the coincidence of being called to Scotland. Um, anyone who knew me on my mission will know that at the time I was engaged. So I've been with a girl for 18 months um, and we got engaged just before I left and she put her papers in two. So we went at the same time. Uh, oh. And it's um, Elder Dracocardos' sister. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh my! You did not know that. So yeah. no, <laughs> everybody kept that secret because they probably knew oh. it all better than I did. Yeah. So um, yeah. So the whole mission. As soon as I got there, I was like, oh yeah. So if you know Elder Dracocardos, I'm engaged to his sister. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> seventeen years later, we're still married. <laughs> That's amazing! Holy cow! All right, well, now yeah. you got to get to that part. So take us to March 2006 when you got home and what's life been since you got you got back? Yeah, I just want to just drop in there um, my grand schemes of, you know, ideas of going on a lovely mission abroad. She went to oh, South yeah. Africa. Oh, so, serious? <laughs> yeah, so she, she went to Cape Town. So, yeah, she had a very different experience to me but came back with a beautiful town. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure, absolutely. That's amazing. <laughs> So yeah, uh, came back, came back in March, 2006. Um, we got married within three months. Um, so we, we married summer 2006. Um, she had a place at university in Huddersfield. So we, we moved here and I did teacher training. So I was uh, visiting various schools around the area as I trained to be a teacher. Um, and we bought a house here in Settled. We've had two kids. So we've got a 10 year old and a 13 year old. The 13 year old is called Zach. Um, I'd love to say it was after you, but I'd, uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'll yeah, take, take it. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Uh, and our daughter Eleni is ten. Yeah. That's awesome. so. Yeah, um, I've I had a bit of a turnaround on my mission about what I wanted to do. I, I didn't really know before. I'd started a degree in computer science, um, and then on my mission, I I really felt the call to be a teacher. You know, that was the bit that I loved on my mission was being with people and teaching and and help you know helping people in that way. So. 
that sort of personal touch that you get on a mission of being able to to, t- to teach people really really t- sort of sunk in for me and I just knew I, want, I knew at the end of my mission that I absolutely wanted to be a teacher, and somehow, seventeen years later, I'm I'm still a teacher. So um, yeah, oh, I've been wow. teaching all that time. Um, so uh, trained as a maths teacher, um, mm-hmm. did that for sort of four or five years, and then I got promoted, and I was head of department. So I ran a maths department in a secondary school for nine years, and then yeah, you mentioned earlier I started a new job in September. Um, I've just started in a completely different school where I'm one of the assistant head teachers. And I'm running the behaviour system in the whole school, so I'm dealing with all the really difficult kids. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, uh, and it's it's an, a really interesting school. It's in a, a sort of fairly deprived area. Um, there's a lot of quite tough kids with really quite difficult backgrounds. Um, and and I really sort of I, I see I I definitely see my mission as having set my career up. Um, I'm definitely a better teacher having served the mission and absolutely 100% know that I'm better at dealing with some of these students who have very different backgrounds to myself because that's all you do as a missionary you, you meet people every day who are from very different backgrounds and a lot of people you, on my mission I'd never seen real poverty you know until I went into some of those houses and met some of those people and seen what it's like to live in a house where they don't have a job there is no food there's you know 30 year old furniture to sit on and I, I really felt it was my call to um to go and teach those people maths <laughs> wow um but yeah so yeah all that time later i'm still working with with those difficult ki- difficult kids in effect yeah good on you though because honestly the world needs that more than anything because somebody's got to do it right and yeah yeah definitely. huge and, huge pat on the back to you for that that's, you. that's amazing I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some days where I question my life choices. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, yesterday, I don't need to go into the details, horrendous day at school, you know, all sorts going on, difficulties with parents, difficulties with kids. But in, in all honesty, I, I love it. Uh, I absolutely relish in, you know, going to work every day and, and knowing for a fact I'm making a difference is nice. No, that's great. All right. Well, if you're ready, let's go back to the the mission. If you'd like, you can start the MTC and just go through companions, areas you served in, and yeah, some, so some of your highlights. I guess the MTC was a bit of a friend reunion because I got there and Tom Brownlow's there and my cousin's there, and you know, <laughs> I, I, it it didn't feel that weird at all because you know, even though I wasn't super close with either of those at the time, it was like just you know being dropped off with your friends. Um, yeah. There wasn't many of us going to Scotland in that group, I'm tr- other than the four of us there. So me, Tom, Chris, and Simon Drew. There was another one called Elder Allred, and I think he got sick and went home within a, within a couple of months. So not many people will remember him. Hmm. There must have been more Americans though, but I I can't remember them off the top of my head. But yeah, that was that was our little group that got up to Scotland. What I remember about the NCC was just eating all the time. <laughs> you know, you just you stay you're stationary um you know in your in your lesson you sit down and then you go and eat and you come back and you're stationary again and you might do the occasional sort of bit of basketball or chair football or whatever i i definitely put some weight on in the mtc definitely oh, all yeah. those donuts and desserts so <laughs> yeah <laughs> um <laughs> and not to sort of poo poo the mtc but I'm, I'm not sure how much it prepared me for what life's really like when you when you get out there because it's uh it's still a shock when you get into the mission field and you and you get cracking it's true very 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 much a shock i mean yeah it's a tra- it's a training center not a full preparation center right yeah yeah definitely yeah but but i i enjoyed it and i guess i'd have to say that as a teacher but i i've always enjoyed the classroom environment the lessons 
the the chance to sort of reflect and learn i i, I liked it I, I enjoyed it i think probably by the end of three weeks i was ready to ready to go and, and get on with it but yeah i i know a lot of people have said they found it difficult but yeah i quite I quite liked it actually yeah so quite fond memories of the mcc i do remember it, it is uh, you know we got the phone call home on mother's day <laughs> i think our first sunday there was mother's day so we, we'd been there three days or something and oh you can call your mom like this is, this is a bit weird i've just only just been <laughs> dropped off so i had a five minute phone call with my mom three days in <laughs> so we've had odd. a couple of instances where that's happened and, and again for for me as an american like i didn't realize that mother's day in the uk was a different date than yeah than that in, yeah. in the u.s and so that must have been a little bit of a shock yeah yeah i, I think i was aware there was different mother's days but um you know the the thing that the british missions always tried to wrangle was oh i'll call her in march and then it gets around to may or when it was in america oh i need to call her now i didn't call her in march and you know it's a good <laughs> excuse for squeezing that extra phone call it. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow well now now missions are very different so obviously yeah goodness you can call your mom every week if you want to call it's crazy mom. yeah it's crazy different yeah. all right take us to scotland and your journey oh so, yeah um, to the mission home yep so my first area was govern uh in oh, wow. the, on the west side of glasgow so um you know i've just talked a minute ago about working with working with difficult students this was a this was a difficult area you know i i come from a you know i come from a fairly fairly sort of average family um we weren't particularly rich or poor but you know being dropped in a place like that was a huge culture shock you know even within my own country you know because scotland's right. techni technically in the uk but it was a different language it was a different culture uh and it was it was a way of life and and a, and a type of people that were, were completely alien to me so it was it was a huge sort of culture shock and wake-up call um the ward was very small um there was absolutely nobody to teach so it was it was a lot of checking on doors um but it, I, I think that was good preparation for everything else that went on um across the two years should mention my trainer my trainer was elder doan it was his last six weeks <laughs> really? so he was he was trunking out yeah and uh president had uh given him the job of seeing out his last six weeks as a as a trainer i think for the first time but he'd been he'd been a very faithful missionary he'd been an office elder so a lot of a lot of the older missionaries would have remembered him but he he was a lovely guy really really kind um it, i just he was one of those people that you can't ever imagine him getting cross or getting mad you know there's no chance he would ever say a swear word you know there's there are some missionaries that you know that they've got those swear words in their you know in their locker somewhere not <laughs> ever he was he was completely pure so yeah lovely guy definitely one you should have on the podcast that would be a a different you know era sort of 2002 to 4 than, than i saw but yeah, yeah lovely guy are you still in touch with him yeah um it's funny isn't it you know so i'm friends with him on facebook and i kind of see he's got a couple of kids but you know not on much of a conversation with him for a while but it'd be nice to hear his voice and catch up yeah absolutely so a couple of memories from govern um we got into a bush a bus crash my very first day so um you know we got yeah. the train to glasgow from edinburgh all our luggage on the bus and the bus ended up just getting hit at this crossroads and you know there's glass everywhere and we had to we all had to get off the bus and stand and wait for the next one while oh <laughs> with all this broken glass everywhere and i've got my luggage uh, everything you know in two <laughs> massive suitcases so that was a bit of a surreal start um one of the other things wow. I remember was we, we ended up teaching a lot of refugees. And again, I sort of mentioned how um, how much of a culture shock it was. But, you know, dealing and 
teaching and being with people who were refugees from um, Iraq or Kurdistan and places like that was it was a huge wake up call. What, what an amazing experience and opportunity to meet completely different people, you know, to, to the European culture and to Christian culture even. So, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's definitely an experience um, that was that was a huge benefit to me. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, one kind of awful one, actually, in Govan. Um, while I was there, there was a young man who was sort of 15-ish from a semi-active family who was abducted and murdered. Uh, and it was, you know, a horrendous time. And the funeral was in the chapel. And there was oh TV, gosh. you know, because it was such a high-profile case, the TV cameras there. And, um, yeah, really, a really awful experience because, I, you know, at the age of 20, I'd, other than maybe my granddad, I don't think I'd ever really been to a funeral uh, and yeah. seeing the funeral of a child and one that had died in such tragic circumstances was, um, it was horrible, but it was, it was something that I, I look back on and think, um, I think how important it was that I saw what good, like a religious organization and a church could do for the family. Cause even though, even though the family, you know, weren't very active, the way that the Bishop dealt with the family and ministered to them and looked after them, um, was really amazing to see in such uh, yeah such a horrible circumstance wow that's unbelievable mm -hmm. yeah um it, it, i was actually you know, reminded by of this about a, about a year ago you know my wife's a flicker on tv and she'll flick through channels and she stops on one and it was it was it was a horrible program like you know britain's worst murders and that was on there and i was like wow I went to the funeral of this boy, you know, so it, it no was, way. It, it was a, it was a particularly it, gruesome murder. It was not nice at all. Some older boys abducted him and tortured him. So yeah, oh awful. Gosh, that's so bad. Yeah. But you know, like, like I said, taking the positive, seeing, seeing the way the church supported this, this woman, this single mum, uh, was, was really a testament to me about the, the good that could be done and how, how you can minister wealth and treat people in, in terrible circumstances like that. Wow. Can't imagine that. That would have been unbelievably yeah. unbelievable to be a part of. Jeez. Yeah. Um, second companion in government was Elder Milburn. I don't know whether uh, you, you probably won't remember him. He went home shortly after, shortly after he served with me. I think it was his penultimate transfer when I was with him. So mm. he's a Brit British missionary from down South. And really enjoyed being with him. He was he was so easygoing and relaxed. But what I liked about him was I was I'd only been out six weeks, obviously, and he he just let me take the lead. He was like, "It's your area, you know. You you make decisions. You you run with it. What do you think? What do you think we should do?" And all of a sudden, kind of the responsibility felt on felt to be on me because he'd come in from another area, and that was really good for me at that stage because I, I could then start thinking maybe strategically about so which area do we go to, which families do we work with, where are our priorities. So yeah, that was a really good lesson to me early on that he. He didn't come in and take over. He let me take the lead. And yeah, that's uh, mm. a good learning experience for me. Interesting. <clears throat> so second area, I got moved to Dunfermline. So this, hey. is the, this is the only time we're going to be out of the Glasgow area, basically. This is my one venture uh, away from Glasgow. Um, I love Dunfermline. It was a, it's a great ward. It's a lovely area. Yeah, a, a really, really great time on the mission that. So first six weeks i was with all the crowshaw uh and trunked okay. him out so um it was yeah it was his last six weeks um he he's a real character and i imagine if you get some missionaries on from 2002 and three-ish there'll be a lot of stories about jeff crowshaw um <laughs> but, but, but unfortunately because it was his last six weeks i only kind of 
heard um you know rumors about them and you know sort of secondhand hearsay about the uh some of the funny stuff he'd done so i don't really have anything anything to share you'll have to try and get in contact with him i, I think he's not i think he's deleted his facebook account or something so you know he, he might be a tough one to get hold of but yeah i'd love to hear uh, love to hear from him where does he live do you have an idea of where um, he, he, lives he, now? he was from utah um, okay. um i'm pretty sure last time when he was on facebook before you know he did the social media delete thing i think he was still in utah so okay uh, yeah you never know. I will yeah find good <laughs> funny, <laughs> funny one with him was um we got cold served together and i arrived in dunfermline and um we sort of chatting in the car on the way back to the flat and i mentioned oh it's uh, it's my birthday this week and he said no way it's my birthday too and we found out we we had exactly the same birthday in exactly the same year so oh I mean, obviously missionaries are, are a similar age but basically we shared our 21st birthday together within a week of being together that's so, we so got, cool we got a little cake and had a little party so yeah that was pretty funny <laughs> just silly coincidences like that oh my gosh yeah <clears throat> just checking my notes here some of the other stuff that's gone on wow so <laughs> yeah this has been mentioned in a previous podcast um doing bingo and karaoke in dunfermline what a weird experience that was <laughs> <laughs> nowhere else nowhere else on my mission did you have to you know get up and sing a few numbers on a saturday morning it was a saturday morning wasn't it was it, was it? Like, no maybe not i, I, I want to like, say it was like midweek like maybe wednesday right, or thursday yeah now i said that i think you're right it was midweek um but i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm quite a musical guy so i had no problem right? getting up and singing and you know let's put a put a beatles song and i'll sing some beatles and rolling stones absolutely no problem i loved that that was great it's <laughs> kind of well and you, you had know. you had that going for you but i've told the story many times because I was American, they wanted me to sing country music, and so it was like, "You got some Garth Brooks, you got some Alan Jackson. I'll put I'll put my drawl on there for you." <laughs> it was too good, so uh, much fun, and being there with Brian, like man, what a character! Brian he was, just he's so funny. Oh my um, gosh! Yeah, I mean, he's just he's an unforgettable person. Um, yes you mentioned in a previous episode about like this was um this was on the rasmus's episode about what his his name for you was but i actually thought about this and i think he got my name right i think he said elder mace you know i think because he really only, i think because it's only one syllable i think he could actually say my name properly because <laughs> <laughs> he called elder crochet Cro the crotch shot right crotch shot yeah elder crotch shot yeah <laughs> Oh man, some of his names you get for people are just off the wall. It's just so good. Man, love Brian. I've got another good story about Brian. So obviously, you know, he was an older guy. His dress sense wasn't superb, but he had one really nice sort of white and lilac tie. Um, and I said, oh, I really like that tie, Brian. We should do a swap. Uh, and he said no. But before I left, I eventually persuaded him to swap this tie with me. So I gave him one of mine. No uh, And I've still got Brian's tie. It is still in my wardrobe. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but I remember because, because he smoked and he smoked quite a lot. His house, you know, his house really did smell of cigarettes. Right. I had to wash it about 10 times before <laughs> it didn't smell of cigarettes anymore. And it was a bit misshapen. So I've had to iron it. But if I, yeah, I think it's still in decent condition. I should have, I should have brought it in. I could have like shown it. But yeah, still, I still have one of Brian's ties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to send, you have to send us a picture or something. We can yeah. share it. That'd yeah, be, that'd I will. Be too good. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah um right um you, you mentioned that just before we started recording you know i said oh i love the saltaires in the background you mentioned the the big the big sort of lion flag 
Right. Got a really good story about. So after Crochet, I trained Elder Rasmussen. Um, right. I'd only been out four and a half months, um, but the, the the group that came out was sixteen or seventeen missionaries. There was a huge, huge group came out that summer. Right. And, um, I always sort of said to President, you know, you you were scraping the bottom of the barrel, weren't you? You you're desperate for trainers and bottom of the list. Oh, Elder <laughs> Mace has only been out four and a half months, but you're gonna have to we're gonna have to give it to him. So. Um, yeah, I really felt dropped in the deep end because I, I was so inexperienced, but I, I give it my best shot. But the story about Elder Rasmus in the T-shirt, he, um, I think at the time there was, I don't know whether there's a football tournament, was, the, was it the World Cup? Uh, yeah, there's the World Cup or the European Championship, that's something, there's a big football tournament. And um, in the MCC, you get to go shopping a little bit. I think they gave you a little bit of money. You got to go to like Asda or something and buy yeah. a few things. And uh, Elder Rasmus had bought a T-shirt, and it said on it, three lions are better than one." Oh and no! I don't, I, I, and he had no idea that that was a reference to the England football team being better than the Scotland football team. <laughs> so oh one P, one P day, he pulled this T-shirt on, and I am like, "Dude, you cannot wear that T-shirt here. You will get killed." <laughs> and he had he had no idea. He just thought it was a funny phrase, like three lions are better than one." Like, no, that is that's a, that's football. That's a soccer reference you've got to take that off <laughs> so i never saw that again i hope he took it home and i like sincerely hope he never wore that <laughs> <laughs> that's so good because again you know american culture you walk over and it's everything is just so different so yeah. i can imagine exactly that walking in and going yeah. hey that's a nice shirt but having no idea of the underlying tone to it right <laughs> oh man that's too funny We'll have to ask Craig if he still has that shirt. That'd yeah, be hilarious. That'd be, that'd be funny, actually. He, he may have just disposed of it because, like, I mean, seriously, there are some parts of Scotland where you would be, you'd be attacked for wearing that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's too funny. Well, man, I've got a couple of funny stories about Rasmussen. It was, it was funny because, like, he's such a nice guy, but um, it was tough training him. It was hard on me because I didn't feel like I know what I was doing. And, and I recognize now that, he was. He found it really hard his first few months. So I, you know, tried to be nice to him and and get to know him. But he found it really tough. And and I could tell afterwards he, how how hard he found it. I think he he came from quite a rural community in Colorado, and you know, being dropped into Scotland was a bit of a culture shock for him. But he's he's a lovely, lovely guy, and um, he always did his best, and he 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 always had a happy smile on his face, even you know when things weren't going our way. So yeah, I've got fun fun memories of being with Craig. Um, yeah. Two things I remember. Um, I was never the best at getting up at 6.30. You know, I, I, I tried to sort of set my alarm for 6.30 and try and be out of bed by 7. I was never one to sort of super-duper sleep in. Um, but I remember at the time they were trying to push, um, like doing exercise first thing in the morning. That's not my thing at all. You know, I'm not a big exercise guy anyway, but there's n there are some people that do, you know, gym at 6.30. Not, that's not me. So um, when I was training Craig, he he would get up at 6.30 and he would be doing all these exercises and I'd be kind of like coming around. But he used to put on EFY music and he used to put it on like an absolute full blast, probably that, so that I couldn't go back to sleep, you know. <laughs> what a bad example. I know his trainer, like still in bed, like bleary-eyed, you know, don't get me up. But um, I, I ended up telling him like, I'm a bit of a music snob. So, you know, I like, I like you know, classic rock and, you know, all the, you know, good, like good band Led Zeppelin, Pearl Jam, you know, like I like what I consider quality music. EFY for me was like the opposite end of the scale. I absolutely hated it. I just thought it was <laughs> cheesy and 
awful and i've got no problem with american music but you know this cheesy american christian you know like rock was just not my thing at all so i i hated it and i told him i didn't like it and i think he probably turned it up a little bit louder because i said i didn't like it <laughs> um, <laughs> def definitely didn't let me go to sleep <laughs> oh man that's too and he, and he mentioned something in his um in his episode about um sleepwalking and getting in my face like yeah. in the night I'd completely forgotten that. And as soon as he mentioned it, I was like, oh my gosh, I was driving to work in the car and I had to pause it, like pause the episode because I was just laughing so much because I, I'd completely forgotten that happened. But yeah, he used to sleepwalk. And I remember, yeah, he, he, I woke up and he was like this far from my face, like an inch from my face, like just staring at me. Such a weird experience. <laughs> Did he do it more after that experience? I really can't remember. I wish I could. Um, I'd put it down to, I think he was just well out of his comfort zone, being in a completely different country and then just being dropped in this flat in Dunfermline with me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm sure he was just exhausted like all of us were, right? At the beginning, you're oh, just yeah, kind of totally. so zoned out and you're just like, man. And you're thinking to yourself, I'm sleeping so deep. And if he had that as a previous thing that he yeah. did, I'm sure it was just immediate, like, that's going to happen again. Oh, that's too funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, it's funny. I, I've got one more good story about Dunfermline. Um, I can't remember the name of the family. I think it might be the the Dawson family. Mm -hmm. So it rings a bell. They they used to have us over fairly regularly for family home evening. Um, and they invited us over one Monday, and we were going to go, and they were going to have some friends there, and that was cool. Um, and on um on the Sunday, in the middle of sacrament meeting, the mum and I forgot her name. She she leant over to me in sacrament and said, um. Um, I bought a game for us to play tomorrow. Oh, that's cool. She meant to say giant Jenga, but she said giant Ganja. <laughs> so gan gan Ganja being a euphemism for marijuana. So right. <laughs> I'm, sat, I'm sat in the middle of second meeting and this, this sister's leant over and said, you know, I've got giant Ganja at my house for family home evening tomorrow. And I'm like, whoa, that's not what I expected to be going on at this family home evening. <laughs> <laughs> but then oh, from my God. face i think she realized that she'd said something wrong and said i mean jenga <laughs> <laughs> oh that's too good oh, but, oh yeah I, won't forget I, can, that. I can just tell you right now having served in dunfermline after you that you were a legend in that ward like, oh no wait. thank you <laughs> so many so many people always talked about elder crochet elder mace elder rasmussen and i was like okay i gotta leave up to these these legends that have come before me like everybody just loved you in that ward so just so you're so you're uh well aware of that oh, you were well spoken cool. of after that yeah. after the fact so I, I i was there four and a half months and I, I really felt at home there there was some lovely families the the rand family feeding us every oh, yeah. sunday mm -hmm. uh dom and, and julie and the hudson's you know i love going over there um yeah i, I love playing play basketball every Saturday morning. Um, I got absolutely schooled. So like, <laughs> as far as like British people were concerned, I was a reasonable basketball player, but, uh, I mean, Craig Rasmussen's like, like six, four, he right. was a really good player. He just destroyed me. And then Croshaw was about six foot six. Okay. And I'm not, I'm not small. I'm six, three, but they absolutely dominated me. Like, I think I fell out of love with basketball at that point because I just realized like how much it sucked. And like, <laughs> you know, on, on a British scale, I was reasonable, but when you, you drop these tall Americans in, it, yeah, it wasn't even a competition anymore. <laughs> oh man. I mean, I, I enjoyed playing basketball with Dom and with Tim and we used to go to one of the local, um, like 
recreation centers or whatever. And there was a group of yeah. teens that we played basketball with one point. And my gosh, I, it was as if I'd been dropped in from like, you know, one of those like and one basketball movies where I, they thought I was that level good. And I'm like, I'm not that good, but I'm definitely better than all of you. And so I took them to school and <laughs> man, basketball there. It was, it was different for us American. And again, flip the coin. It's the exact same difference to us with football, right? Oh, Every, completely. Everybody's like, yeah. let's go play footy. And we'd never kicked a ball in our life. You know, we're much better at handling the ball, dribbling with our hands as opposed to kicking it around with our feet. So, yeah, I, I do remember that. I, rem I remember one, uh, like, uh, P day activity. And I think it was in like Paisley and they were like, it was like 11 v 11 football with all missionaries. And, and again, similar to you, I was a very average footballer at best. But all of a sudden, I was like Pele, you know, like an absolute superstar against these Americans. So, yeah, I suppose, yeah, I suppose it balances out. That was a confidence booster. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember one time, this is a funny memory, and I just popped into my head. We were in Dunfermline, and we went and played like five-a-side football with some random people. I think it was with Tim and Dom, maybe, and myself and, uh, my, and my companion, I think, was uh, Elder Conway at the time. And then we had... Elder Bredlow and Elder Pilkington were the other two missionaries in, in our ward. We went and played five-a-side football, and I remembered that they were about to drop the ball in the middle, and the guy across the way who, again, I don't know who he is, but he says to me, he goes, don't kick me in the shin. And I said, why would I kick you in the shin? And then the ball bounced, and I did exactly that. Like, I swung at it, kicked him right in the shin. <laughs> And I was like, oh my gosh, I just totally like lied to his face without knowing that I was going to kick him in the shin. But uh, that was a funny memory just popped into my head with regards to football because I was totally inadequate. It was it was so hard to play. Uh, yeah, I suppose it, it balances all out. It does, is right. So my, my next area was Hamilton. So you just mentioned Elder Bredlow. I went to Hamilton to serve with Elder Bredlow. Uh, oh, wow. I, I got on with him like a house on fire. I absolutely loved that guy. I had, I had a really good three months with him. He was so funny. I mean, I, Germans get a reputation, don't they, for being sort of a bit dry and humorless. It's not <laughs> true. because There were two Germans in the mission. The other one was Elder, Elder Krieger because he was in Dunfermline at the same time. And again, hilarious, absolutely right. really funny guy. I, I, I think what I liked about him is that they were both sort of super, um, you know, sort of sarcastic and just like dry humor. And yeah, I really liked that. <laughs> But yeah, I, oh, I I loved Elder Bread. Though I'm, I've I've got a couple of good stories about him. So <laughs> yes, so Ham Hamilton's a funny ward. So it, it's a bit, you know bit of a tricky area. The wards you know, the, the wards closed now. So since then, so yeah, it was a struggling is it, ward. Is it um, really? Yeah, Hamilton shut down. Yeah, oh, they, they, they had a nice building as well. Uh, it was a beautiful it. building. It's, it, you know, one of those old 1960s buildings. But yeah, they sold it. Yeah. God, that's so, crazy. So do you yeah. know where they're meeting now? They've merged with Motherwell. Oh, is that right? Jeez, yeah. that's crazy. Times so, have changed. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Funny story about uh, Elder Bredlow. So um, he was starting to go gray and he was getting self-conscious of it. So, you know, sort of like down the size, just above his right. ears, he's going gray a bit. Right. So one P day, he's we're in the supermarket and he's going down the aisle with all like the hair dye and he's, he's trying to look for his color. And I'm like, <laughs> don't bother with this. Don't do this. He's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So then I, I just sort of dropped in. Well, why don't I do it too? And he was like, would you do that? Yeah. So as a companionship unifier, we decided to both dye our hair. We, we bought one packet and, you know, just you know, <laughs> shared, shared it between us. But he had, 
he had quite dark he had quite dark hair slightly darker than mine um so he, he ended up dying it like jet black <laughs> so my hair went i dyed it jet black and it it looked okay on him but it looked it looked a bit ridiculous on me there's a couple of pictures where i remember <laughs> because um you know, I, I had a digital camera on my mission, so I was able to take pictures on an S, like an SD card, and yeah. I would just put it in an envelope and post it home to my parents. And I had two cards, and then they would save the pictures and they'd send it back to me. So it was dead easy. But I remember getting a letter from my mum saying, "You know, what have you done to your hair?" Because she saw these pictures of me with this jet black hair. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, but yeah, I think it was the brand was like it was like just for men. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So, you know, this picture of a middle-aged guy on the front that sees his two, like, 20, 21-year-old missionaries dyeing their hair black. We look like idiots. It's really bad. Oh, my God. That's the best companionship unifier I've ever heard. Like, go get a, go get a, a, a football scarf or a top or something. It's a, a, a unifier. Oh, my word. I can't believe that you dyed your hair with him. That's too good. Yeah. And there's photographic evidence, you know, for everyone to see forevermore. <laughs> oh, Jeez Louise, that's so good. But, that's hilarious. Uh, I laughed with with Roman Bredlow like every day. We just laugh and laugh. But one of the funniest things was that nobody believed him when he said he was German. <laughs> oh yeah. So, uh, so the story was him. Is he did like an exchange program? I think he was was he in Texas or something. So he'd lived in the states yeah, for like a year. I think so. so he did sound. He did have a bit of an American accent. You, when you knew him, you could kind of tell he was German. But I think with us being you know Mormon missionaries and knocking on the door, there was the assumption that he'd be American. Right. So I remember, you know, I remember knocking on this door and this guy goes, should I do the accent? He goes like, oh. so, you know, where if it's in America you're from? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm from Germany. And this guy just didn't compute. He's like, Germany? Mormons? <laughs> Germany? So it just, it just took a second for it to drop in. Um, and then he points to me and goes, ah, but you're from Utah though, aren't you? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm from Sheffield. I'm, I'm English. And it, like, he, he could just see the cogs were in his mind. His mind was blown. There's a, there's a German <laughs> and a Yorkshireman at my door dressed as Mormon missionaries. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it's not dressed up. We are genuinely missionaries. You know, we're not all, you know, we're not all Americans. Oh man. But yeah, no one believed him. <laughs> Great. Oh gosh. Oh. <laughs> I've, I, some of my stories are going to, you know, probably not a surprise if you know me. We might slightly stray from some of the mission rules, so uh, that's all right. That's what we want. That's what we want to hear about. Oh my! No gosh. condemnation, right? So, no. and the, and the, so Hamilton was a four-man flat. So you know, it, it was it was like a frat house. <laughs> so we got on, we got on really well. The other companion she was Elder Buckner, yeah, Elder Buckner and Elder Archambault. Okay. Um, so between the four of us, yeah, it was a bit of a frat party sometimes. Uh, and Elder Archambault, he. He's a lovely guy. He was trying his best to be all spiritual and do his best. And me and Roman were just messing around all the time. I mean, we, you know, don't get me wrong. You know, we, we got up, we studied, we did the work, you know, we were never slacked off, but you know, when it came to nine o'clock and it's time to mess around for an hour, we messed around for an hour. But one, one of the things we did, this was pretty bad, like in between Christmas and new year, um, there was a load of snow, um, and Elder Archambault wanted to go like chap in on like the 26th and 27th of December. And I was like, oh, don't do that. You're just going to annoy people. People are with families that, you know, that if you've got some appointments, you know, members, you can see that's all right. But yeah, I, I said, don't go chap in, you know. And he, so he went chap in, you know, good, good on him, more faithful than me. Um, but <laughs> Ro Roman and I sort of sat there on, you know, like Boxing Day, 26th of December. We're all snowed in. 
we've not got no appointments for the next week or so. We're like, what can we do? And there was um, like a secondhand store around the corner, like a cash converters type thing where you can take your old stuff in and they give you cash. And we went and had a look and there was an N64 in there with oh, golden no. eye, with golden eye <laughs> and, and, four, and four controllers. <laughs> so, so I think we borrowed the TV from one of the members. Um, but yeah, we, we hooked up golden eye and did four four player golden eye for about a week. <laughs> <laughs> before you know um before obviously you know it's new year now back to work we took we took it back and sold it back at obviously a loss you know so we lost some money doing that but yeah we had we had four player golden eye for a week oh my gosh <laughs> unbelievable oh gosh i must say that that's as naughty as my stories are going to get there's nothing that's you know nothing that's going to condemn me to the depths of hell but you know it's <laughs> Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, that, that, that that's too good. Brett Bredlow never told me that story. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, he'll say it was my idea, and it probably was actually. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to him in a couple weeks, so I will I will make oh, sure that I get his I, side of I that. Can't, I can't wait to hear his episode. I've not spoke to him for a couple of years, so yeah, oh, I'd love to hear from Roman. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. So my next companion in Hamilton was Elder Rayfield, Alex Rayfield a- oh, yeah. again. I- I've not heard it from him for, for quite a while. He's not on social media. He came to our wedding. So, you know, man, he's got a bit of a responsibility to get in touch. So, yeah, I'll, call, I'll be calling him out at the end. So, um, <laughs> uh, Rayfield and I massively got on. We, we, we were really good friends and uh, possibly slacked off a little bit too much. Uh, whereas, you know, Roman was always sort of work, work, and Alex was a bit more relaxed. And I probably didn't push him as hard as we should have done. But, um, couple of things happened at that point we we ended up moving houses so the 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 four sets of elders split into two into two pairs housing wise uh, and that has had its advantages because the other missionaries moved into a flat with a hot tub oh no so, <laughs> so um of course the first thing you do guys we're, we're coming over let's try the hot tub <laughs> so uh, you know i i probably should hold my hands up at that point and say there was absolutely no nakedness whatsoever you know but um you know, in like you know, in basketball shorts, there's a there's a picture of four of us in the hot tub. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, bubbles everywhere, and you know. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> yeah, that needed trying out. And then, the, so that was the other guy's flat. And then in our flat, there was um there was a deep fat fryer. Oh my so, gosh! So obviously, Alex Rayfield and I, we were like, we we need to fry everything. So ev- ev- like all of our meals for like a week were just in the straight in the deep fat fryer you know just get it get it in the fryer just you know we're having we're having a pie right put it in the fryer you know burgers fryer mars bar of course get it in the fryer so right yeah that was pretty <laughs> bad you know probably one of the contributors to the fact that i put a couple of stone in weight on on my mission and yeah that that deep fat fryer did not help <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's so good uh, oh we got God. yeah the biggest thing um rayfield and i got in trouble for was um there's a bit of a backstory to this so a couple of months before there'd been a zone activity and rick midgley who you definitely need to get on i'm quite good friends with him yeah um, he, he used to live around the corner from us in huddersfield so yeah we, we we got to know him and his wife really well uh for for a zone activity he'd um he needed a haircut and he had it shaved down the side and just left the top really long like a mohawk right and then obviously at the end of the zone activity he went back to his flat and finished it off and tidied it up so he did half a haircut for the morning so Alex and I thought that was that's a great idea. So this is own activity during our transfer. So we did exactly that. So got the clippers out, shaved the sides of our hair, just left the top super long, spiked it all up to be silly, 
did the zone activity. Every thought, everyone thought, you know, what a what a pair of idiots. And then we went back to the flat and cut the top as well and finished it. Somehow, <laughs> President Breen's found out. So we got the phone call. I've heard about you. I've heard about your haircuts. Get it sorted out. And disappointed. So yeah, we 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 got told off for that. And I'm like, man, Rick Rick got away with it. Rick Midgley got away with it. And <laughs> and Alex and I got told off for that. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, That's it, it too was good. It was a deserved slap on the wrist. We probably looked like absolute idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in touch with with uh, with Richard Mitchley, and he'll be on in the future. The last time I touched base with him was right before, because I guess he just moved to like the Tampa area in Florida. Yeah, yeah, they've just moved to Florida. It was right yeah. before the hurricane that happened in the fall, and so I told him I give him some time, but I'll be back yeah. in touch with him. Yeah, they they were living about half an hour from us before they moved, so they had a big leaving party. So yeah, of course we went over and. Uh, no. Had a bit of a tearful goodbye, yeah, because we became quite good friends uh, after our yeah, mission. That's cool. But yeah, it'd be good to hear from him. Um, that's about it from Hamilton. Um, I, I, the ward, I the ward there was amazing, though. Let's the ward just... there was the ward there was good. Yeah, I remember. Certainly remember Jim Cameron feeding us all the time. Oh he was bishop. Gosh. He was the bishop. bishop at the time. Bishop Cameron yeah. was amazing. Yeah, I got well, on really well with the Warks. You had Ryan and. Yes. Uh, Ryan yeah. and uh, Aaron Wark that yeah. uh, were kind of out, like the stalwarts out in Lock Hall, yeah, right, yeah. Because uh, yeah, I do remember they were a bit of a football family, weren't they? I think some of their some of the members of their family have played professional football, so uh, yeah, I do remember yeah. chatting with them about that. One actual sort of spiritual experience at Hamilton was um, the first day I turned up, the first Sunday I turned up on a Sunday. A a woman turned up to church and she said, "I need to get baptized," and we're like, "Okay, why?" you know this never happens and she'd kind of grown up in the church with grandparents in the church but she'd never joined uh and she'd you know she'd gone away from the church and never never got baptized lived her life and she was now in her 40s and felt it was the right time and she turned up just as roman and i got together and she always she said that she felt that she'd been guided there and that we were the right missionaries of her and we, we baptized her probably five or six weeks into our time together and I'm That's still in amazing. touch with her. That, that was Katie Neal. So I'm, yeah, I'm still in touch oh, with really? her. really? Yeah. So um, the last thing, yeah. So I had a couple of Facebook messages with her recently. She she goes to the temple quite regularly. And we're about an hour from the temple. So I was like, dude, next time you're at the temple, drive that extra hour, come for dinner. You know, I'd love to see her again. Yeah. So. That's so cool. That's amazing. <laughs> Did you have any experiences with Winifred Terrett? Because she was one of my favorite people people yes. in hamilton too yeah yeah L loads of experiences just just a lovely person and, and a lovely person to visit and certainly learned a big lesson from her and that was um you know obviously she was catholic she if, if you met her she was a, a stalwart catholic but absolutely open to you know talking about religion and talking about differences in theology and Great. she i think she really displayed positive christian values and and that harmony that exists between different denominations so I, yeah i really appreciate getting to know her and I, you know, even though I'd grown up in the UK with sort of friends who were Catholic, I didn't really appreciate the you know the Catholic religion as much maybe until I until I'd met her and got to know her. Right. And I ended up I ended up um, one of the I've taught in four different schools. One of the schools I taught I was a Catholic school, so um, I think knowing her and knowing her background the way she was really helped me to integrate well into the Catholic school when I when I taught there for a while. Oh, yeah, so cool. a lovely lady, and you know, I'm I'm glad I'm still in contact with her because every time I put some on Facebook, she always likes it in comments. You know, she's it's, yeah. it's nice to still be in contact with people after twenty odd years now. Yeah, thank you, Mark Zuckerberg, for that. <laughs> yeah, the the one good thing Facebook does. Don't <laughs> don't talk politics. You know, show me pictures of your kids or whatever. Just yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> 
Oh man, that's so good. Right. So my my next area was Johnston, another one of your areas. You were following yeah. me around, weren't you, dude? I yeah. kind of did, didn't I? Jeez. This, yeah, this is a funny one because um, I, th- I think after like the Mohawk incident, I think President thought I needed to be straightened out. Um, and I remember having a conversation with Alex Rayfield and, and sort of saying, who's the last person you'd want to serve with? And we both, I, I feel bad saying this, we both agreed the last person we wanted to serve with was Chris Jones. Because... <laughs> Not knowing the guy, you know, from a distance, he, he came across as, you know, really straight laced and like inflexible. And right. I, I could just see a personality clash. So, of course, President rings me up, wanting to go to Johnston. You're going to serve with all the Jones. And uh, I felt like my world was falling apart. I almost felt like President had overheard me say, I don't want to serve with Chris Jones. Um, and yeah, I got the punishment I deserved. <laughs> but what did, it, what did Rayfield say when that was the phone call? That uh, got? I'm sure he was like, on the floor. Laughing, stitches. Absolutely <laughs> laughing, you know, <laughs> no sympathy from him at all. Um, but there's a, there's a really positive end to this story because I, I absolutely love Chris and I had a great, great time with him. We served three months together and I enjoyed every minute of being with him. So it, it genuinely surprised me. Um, I, I just loved everything about him. Um, the funny thing is, and probably still to this day, I'm, I'm not in, I'm not in great contact with him, friends on Facebook, etc. But um, we disagreed about everything, like literally everything. You know, we, we mentioned politics a second ago. You know, if <laughs> if him and I were discussing something like on Facebook in 2023 now, we'd be fighting opposite corners. We'd be throwing insults at each other. You know how it is online. We we are polar opposites about everything. You know, and that went that came to politics. We talked about like jobs and life and money and aspirations. We disagreed about literally everything. There, there was there was no you know you try and find common ground. There was no common ground between us. But but what did happen was on on the long times. You know, you 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 you're chapping doors or whatever, and you you're walking around. And you get to have these long conversations, and you you know you knock on a door, so you're interrupted for thirty seconds, but then you can carry on. The long conversation as part of these long conversations it, it fostered a mutual respect and i completely disagree with him but i completely respect him and love him and even though we come from such different backgrounds and have massively different opinions it, I, I i enjoyed spending time with him and i enjoyed i enjoyed the fact that it challenged my my thought processes i think so you know what i think about you know sometimes it's church doctrine and positions on like one of them I remember was like, how long should you fast for? You know, so the, the guidance was like, you want two consecutive meals. So right. I was like, two consecutive meals. Like if your meal time sl- moves slightly, that's okay. He was like, no, it needs to be 24 hours to the minute. And, you know, he, he just had that different perspective. But it, it by by saying these sorts of things, it challenged my own thoughts and made me think about, so why do I think this? And, you know, is is there something wrong with my position? And it yeah, the, the the long face-to-face conversations really fostered a mutual respect between us, even though we disagreed about everything. I loved serving with him, and I, I genuinely had a, had a great time with him. Oh, uh, so, yeah, I've got, I've, got, I've got good memories of serving with him, and, yeah, I, I feel embarrassed now that I said that I didn't want to serve with him. But, yeah, <laughs> I, if, he, if he listens to this, sorry, Chris, you need to come on the podcast and tell your side of the story. But, yeah, genuinely, um, one of my favourite companions, one of my absolute favourite companions, even though we were complete polar opposites <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's so good so, a, a really good example was um you'll remember sister ironside if you're in mm-hmm. johnston so she lived sort of around the corner from the flat and uh, right we used, to, we used to see her regularly and 
that summer, Liverpool were in the Champions League final, you know, so big, big football game, European final. And she was like, oh, come over. You can have dinner about the time the football starts. Um, I, I couldn't turn that down. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, we, so we went there and we watched the game. And it was one of those weird games where Liverpool were 3-0 down at half time, But at the end of the game, it was 3-3. So the game finished 3-3. It was going to go to extra time and then penalties. And and as soon as the game finished 3-3, Chris was like at the door. He's like, right, let's go. It's time to go. It's, it's nearly our nearly bedtime. I'm like, sit down. We're not going, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> this is not, you know, this is this is going to the wire. So yeah, um against his wishes, I made him stay for a legendary Champions League final where Liverpool won on penalties. <laughs> I'm laughing because I shared this on Dan Conway's podcast because He's a huge Liverpool supporter, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I got into the mission absolutely just despising football altogether. <laughs> just because I didn't understand the rules. I didn't understand yeah, like, yeah. how it all functioned, right? And I, I was taking the mick out of him the whole night. Like, we got invited to a dinner appointment <laughs> that night in, in Dunfermline. And, like, moments before we are going out the door, the TV's on around the corner from the front door. And he's peeking around, like watching. And three minutes in, AC Milan scores. And oh man, I was I was so mean to him <laughs> because <laughs> we went and chapped like the whole first half of the game. Yeah. And his brain was in the game, like he was so mentally not there. And we ended up going over to uh, Sister Vicker's house to oh, watch yeah, yeah, to watch Karen, the, yeah. to watch the football. And I told Dan at that point, I said. I'm going to tell you right now, if Liverpool can come back and win this game, they will be my team. And he was like, <laughs> I, like again, in the moment, I was like, okay, whatever. I'm Because of that game ended, and your, your situation is very similar to what, what Chris did to you. Like, extra, t- or extra time is about to start, and I'm like, Elder, it's like 9.30. We got to go. We got to go back to the flat. And he's like, no chance. And he, he told me no chance. And because you know, I'm a foot taller than Dan. I was like, heck no, let's go. And we went back at the flat. And again, he was in like complete disarray. Like what is happening in the game? Because, and he, he explained it on his podcast very well, that the champions league is like the super bowl of, oh, yeah, of, of football. Right. And, and it I was Liverpool, Liverpool's I, first final in like 40 years or something. So right. And, and I, I had no, like, I, I didn't understand it. Right. I, I was just like, who cares? Let's go. Rules. You know, let's keep to it. And so that's so funny that you had the opposite experience. You told Chris, you sit down. We're, we're staying, watching it the over. This is legendary. Um, yeah. That's too good. <laughs> Jeez. Well, yeah. another good experience in Johnston was um, a few people have mentioned that I was a bit of a guitarist and um, Johnston was like my hump. So that's I've been out a year and I, you know, when you've been out a year, you're struggling and you're missing home and you're realizing, wow, I've done all this time and I've got all this time again. Um, there was one particular, I think it was when uh, when I was with Chris Jones, we were chapping and we just sort of turned around a corner and I saw a guitar headstock just sticking out of a bin. And I'm like, someone's put a guitar in a bin. And I went, obviously I had to go over, pull it out. And it was in surprisingly really good condition. It needed a bit of cleaning, you know, some new strings or whatever, but it was in really good nick. So I took it back to the flat and I gave Sister Ironside a list of, um, she said she'd pop to a, a shop for me. I gave her a list of like parts I needed for it and I cleaned it up and 
took that guitar around with me for the rest of my mission. That was my little miracle. God sent me a guitar <laughs> to like, get me over the hump day and the difficulty of being out for a year. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that definitely oh, helped me through that good. second half of my mission. Yeah, and I, I left you, it in, I left it in the urban flat. So, it's, yeah, it, oh, it did passed you? down to missionaries somewhere. So, yeah, I wonder where it is now. I mean, as we've talked about it, the likelihood is that uh, hammer time happened and it probably got donated or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> no, I was I was only in Johnson for six weeks, and I just fell in love with the people there. They were just they were so good. I wish I was there longer, but unfortunately, I wasn't. You know, yeah. we spent. Uh, gosh, I think it was Guy Fox night at uh, um, Moira Warren's house, and then we went around yes. to like Allison Borland's house, and like. Yeah. Just, just amazing, amazing people in that ward. Like the hails yeah. were incredible. So, yeah. so good. Yeah, love, lovely people. Great ward. And surprisingly, I remember my time there. The weather being great. There was a, a bit of a heat wave that spring, and we had the bikes. And you know, evening rides in the in the sun, like it was the sunset in between Linwood and Johnston. It it was lovely. It was beautiful. You know, <laughs> one of the few <laughs> times in Scotland where you you got great weather and a great setting. So yeah, yeah. that's made the most of that. Oh, that sounds amazing. I did not have that experience because I followed you there into the fall and winter months and it was yeah. very wet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's great. So need to mention the wasps because a few people have mentioned the wasps in in the Johnston flat. Um, I think it, it was Brock Wilkie's last week. I think he said he he thought it started when he was there, but I was there before him. I, I definitely got stung by wasps. Really? I, um, I, I I don't remember getting stung multiple times. I definitely remember getting stung once. Um, so they, they must have started in sort of the spring, summerish when I was there. So uh, were you guys sleeping in that room at that point when you got stung? Yeah, we, we must have been. Um, and then I can't remember whether we moved then or whether we moved afterwards. But I, yeah, I definitely woke up stung one morning. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but this, it oh. sounds, so, and I had no idea it carried on. It sounds like this was a bit of a saga for the following months. You know that this carried on and on and got worse. <laughs> well you, you heard what i think it was brock that said it the the landlord gave him a fly swatter like give That's me right. give me a break <laughs> there were hundreds wasn't there <laughs> oh my gosh there's a whole swarm in the ceiling and they're just popping out of the can lights it was unreal oh no we had to seal the door and like we put a towel so they couldn't crawl under the door oh horrible <laughs> and it was and it had to have been what at least you know, almost a quarter of the size of the flat because that was one of the biggest bedrooms yeah. in the whole entire flat. Yeah. That was a really good flat because there was a um, there was a keyboard, wasn't there? In one of the rooms, there was a piano. There was. Yeah, so I remember learning a bit. I, I learned, <laughs> I learned like four hymns, <laughs> oh, um, and that's quite funny because when I got to when I got to Kilmarnock, my next area, there was no organist. So first week, I'm like, oh, I can play. So we we had those four hymns that I could play. The next week, I was like, we can sing the same ones again if you want <laughs> because they've not had an organist for so long i think i think they had the same four hymns about three weeks in a row at which point they were like no we're going to go back to the tapes <laughs> <laughs> at least you gave it a shot that's amazing. yeah i mean there's only so many times you can sing nearer my god to thee before it just gets a little bit boring <laughs> <laughs> we're close enough to god let's go to the next one <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh Right, I, we're coming to my um, prime story now. So um, my second companion, Johnston, was Elder Lineker, Jared Lineker. And okay. again, I'd love to hear from him. Uh, I've not seen him for years. He's actually a teacher as well. So 
Oh, really? He does, a very, he does a very similar job to me um, in a different part of the country in similar schools. So yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to hear from him. Okay. Um, we got on, we don't, we got on great. We had a really good time. Um, really enjoyed spending time with him. We 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 became really good friends straight away. Um, the big the big thing we did was was the SEM expositor, the, the fake newsletter. Do you? I was, you, I was you gonna- I was going to ask about that because I think Elder Fish brought that up in his his episode. Do you know what? I've not listened to Fishes all the way through, so yeah, I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll have to listen to that. So th- there needs to be a bit of background to this. So um, the Larry Hale, um, the, the bishop at the time, he would feed us every Sunday. Uh, we had a really good relationship with him, and one because he served in Scotland in like the early eighties or something. So yeah, you know, that's how he met his wife. He mentioned that when he was on his mission, there was a mission newsletter with all the gossip in like an unofficial one. So we had the harvester was the real one. Right. And in the eighties, there was this newsletter called the reaper, <laughs> which <laughs> I thought was a, which I thought was a brilliant name. Uh, yeah. and some, in, 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 I was really interested in this. I thought it was fascinating. And he brought some copies down of the reaper from the early eighties. Oh it, it was really bad because it was all, it was exposing all, all the real things that were happening in the mission. So the missionaries that had got emergency transferred, who's been sent home early, um which wow. missionary had kissed one of the young women it was bad it was really bad oh my um, <laughs> and these mission these missionaries had handwritten it and photocopied it and just mailed it out to all the, the mission addresses <laughs> that they knew so yeah <laughs> pretty bad um but it got jared and i thinking and we, we we thought about doing something similar but complete satire you know so totally make some stories up um and just have a bit of a laugh and we can all just sort of have a bit of a chuckle at a fake newsletter so we we drafted it over a couple of p days and then i set like a, a fake email address out and sent it to i mainly sent it out to no offense to the british missionaries who i thought would would probably appreciate it more but within probably hours i think everyone in the mission had seen this um <laughs> so I, i've actually i should probably send this to you i've still got a copy of it in my no inbox. way yes I please have, please send it to I, us i still have a copy of it um so i looked at it before we before we recorded it, some of the things i put in it and it's a bit juvenile but man it's it's funny so one of the stories was um you know like president Breen's would always say don't make phone calls over five minutes right so one of them was um a fake story about elder Pattenden got called to the the office by the area president to be presented with a certificate for the most phone calls over five minutes in one month <laughs> you know, <laughs> because you know uh he would chris Pattenden was always calling people up you know he was yeah. he was the total chatterbox and the story <laughs> then went on that you know simon drew was totally offended by this and you know he had plots to you know make sure he was number one next month because simon was terrible for <laughs> making phone calls all the time um uh, there was uh there was another one about like um elder cardenas uh, all the girls chasing him in coatbridge because he had spiky hair and they'd never seen a missionary with spiky hair before <laughs> it's just yeah just like just like silly stuff where where it got a bit cruel was um we decided to name like a flaming area of the month you know where's the hottest area of the month and obviously that was totally sarcastic and we put greenock you know because there was never anything happening in greenock oh my god <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the other thing we did we put like um like a comedy companionship of the month and the comedy companionship was um elder hill and elder muirhead <laughs> again because maybe it was like me and chris jones from the outside that looked like a combination that was never going to work so kind of poking fun at that a bit and the other thing we did was we had we had like betting odds of who's going to be the next ap so there's all these like numerical betting odds about who the, 
the, the best chance of the next AP was. And there's four or five at the top, like, I don't remember, Elder Rollo, Elder Bradley, you know, these good missionaries. And then at, at the bottom, I put the name of this poor missionary who was never going to be AP and put him at like 500 to one, you know, this long betting odds to be AP. <laughs> That's a bit, it's a bit cruel, but at the time I thought that was really funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Please send it to me. Please uh, yeah. send it. To Jack and I will, I'm sure we will probably have a private conversation about it that will just, we will probably be on the floor completely completely bent oh my gosh that's too funny you, you just forget about these silly things but yeah at the time that that felt like a funny thing to do and yeah um the story i heard was um it got to the mission i know i of course would not send it to anyone in the mission office i sent it to a few right. friends but it, it swept around like wildfire um and it got it got to elder drummond in the office who was a bit of a techie and he um he looked he looked at the ip address of the computer that had sent it and it was from johnston library so of course it had, it, no. it had, it had to be me and lineker so we got we got id'd um but, but the story i heard was that the ap's got it thought it was absolutely brilliant and the story i heard was they took it to president Vereen to like read this president it's really funny and he was unimpressed <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you know I, I think president Reeves had a good sense of humor but um yeah he didn't he didn't find this particularly funny and yeah we got a phone call and a bit of a slap on the wrist for that <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh oh carl that's a great story like literally one of the best of of all the stories because like i said you know when we talked with brennan back in like the fall early winter months he was like you've got to ask chris mace about <laughs> the sem expositor and i was like because i don't remember it like i must have been relatively new and again now that you've shared that you didn't send it to the americans most of the british missionaries got it and probably thought it was more funny like i, I don't remember ever seeing it but obviously fish got it and i don't remember who his companion was but yeah oh, that's too funny <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I'm I love it. Trying to remember some of the other stories, but yeah, it, it was generally poking poking fun of the British missionaries. You know, the people on new could take it. Basically, you know, they weren't going to get offended or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll 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 send that on to you. Um, oh man, I yeah, love it. It's, it still exists. I made sure I saved that. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> oh, the, that's a that's a relic of of our time in Scotland. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, should, yeah should be in is. the church history library. <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> save it for posterity <laughs> there you go <laughs> so my, my next area was was kilmarnock um again i think the sem expositor thing was the slap on the wrist because i was district leader in johnston and then i was not district leader in kilmarnock so i think yeah i think that played into president's mind a little bit so i didn't really see it as a demotion but you know certainly put me out to pasture somewhere as a slap on the wrist. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's a pretty interesting place. I said with all the Morgan and again, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear from him. He was a, he was a really good guy. Um, it's an interesting time in Kilmarnock because they just had a few baptisms. So a lot of our work was sort of helping the, helping the new members uh, integrate into the ward. And it was quite a small ward, but yeah. I, and again, I remember the weather being good, weirdly. Most of my time on my mission, I got rained on, but yeah, Kilmarnock seemed to, Seems a bit of a bit of a nice weather for a period of time. So, I've I've got two stories. Neither of these are particularly these are not good stories. Um, one of them was um, Elder Morgan was was a really nice guy, and I think he was quite. Um, I don't, I don't know whether he was just you know maybe not that world wise, but he, um, I guess a lot of missionaries started to need to shave on the mission and shave all the time, 
Um, and certainly when I went out, I had a, you know, like a crappy electric razor. And I remember Elder Croshaw showed me, like, this is how you properly wet shave. Right. Uh, Elder Morgan had started, he started shaving, but he was using like cheap disposable razors. Oh, and no. he wasn't, he wasn't putting any shaving cream on. He was just scraping them across his skin. And I'm like, whoa, dude, I mean, don't do that. You're going to like, you're going to slice yourself. I need to show you what to do. So yeah, somehow he managed not to, I don't know, cut his own throat and <laughs> bleed out. <laughs> so yeah, that's a, yeah, I remember. You taught Elder Morgan to shave. That's amazing. Doing the, doing the man job and passing the knowledge on down to uh, the next generation. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Oh goodness! But, right, it, the thing I remember about him is he was always laughing. He just had always had a smile on his face. You know, we would have the like the crappiest day, and he would just be he'd just be smiling. You know, he was just just happy. He just had that pure love. Uh, he he enjoyed being there, and he just yeah, he just got on with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so whether I should tell you this, the other story was I remember the the couple next door, um, <laughs> having a bit of intimacy one evening and being extremely loud. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and that is yeah that is not what you want to hear as missionaries and it went on for several nights and then it ended up in a really loud like shouting argument somehow but yeah their entire intimate relationship was like our, oh my God. our, our property as well they were so loud in fact, <laughs> in fact away away from the inappropriate story there there was one time where around the same time um the england football team were, were playing a an international game. I think it was like a qualifier for the World Cup and they were playing Northern Ireland and Northern Ireland won. Northern Ireland beat England. Really famous game. And this loud guy next door, the one who, you know, been at it, um, he was, he was absolutely howling and screaming. So obviously I I'd, I'd wanted to watch the game and I, I didn't on that particular occasion, but I knew exactly what the score was because I could hear the guy next door just like absolutely howling every time Northern Ireland scored. <laughs> so I knew it wasn't going well because this yeah big Scottish guy next door was uh, yeah sticking it in. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's too good. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> we yeah, all had those it's... experiences. We all we all had those experiences at some point <laughs> on the mission, and that's what happens when you live in a flat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the mission flats it tends to be you know sort of cramped accommodation you know you know you're in in an apartment block you know you're close quarters with other places so right part of part of growing up but as a as a 21 year old non-married person that is not what you want to hear no that's exactly right goodness <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> oh just to add to that story i do remember like the next like one of the next mornings you know kind of seeing them out the window and realizing that they were like like 50 and old and ugly and then like oh no sudden, like like feeling like genuinely sick that I heard that, and <laughs> it, it kind of it made it even worse that they, <laughs> I think that they were, you know, they weren't young and hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's too good! Oh goodness, <laughs> we've all been there too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> Well, oh, so, well, we, we've had a laugh in this podcast anyway. So, uh, yeah, I had one, I had one final area. So, my last area was Irving. I served six months, my last area in Irving, and I, I absolutely loved it there. Loved the ward, uh, loved the area. Um, we, we, we had a car, so it was a zone leader. So, I loved the opportunity to go and visit places like Air and Stranraer and Green. I can, you know, get around, get around that zone. 
a zone that I knew so well, having served there a couple of times. So I really felt that that was sort of my patch um, at that time. So yeah, I, I really loved being in Irving. So my first companion there was, um, why have I forgotten his name? That's terrible. Doug Pullen. <laughs> I'm looking at like I'm looking at my paper. And I've, written, I've written everybody's name down, but some I've not written Doug Pollen's name down. Yeah, so yeah, you had Doug on earlier. Um, yeah, really great guy. We've stayed in contact, and yeah, we're still friends. And he was uh, he was at our house, you know, about a year and a half ago or something. You know, he, he worked. He was working in the area and popped in. So yeah, really good guy. I I yeah, I learned loads from him. Um, again, just whenever we faced challenges or, you know, real difficulties or anything was going wrong, he'd just laugh. And, you know, that was his default reaction was just to, just to laugh it off. And that's a, that's a huge lesson in life. And when I think about my professional career, there's some, some days where, you know, things have really gone wrong and sometimes you just have to, have to laugh at it. <laughs> there was one, I remember we were in, we we're in like Glasgow train station for transfers or whatever. And this, you know, evangelical Christian guy came over to us and he is like absolutely berating us and like throwing insults at us. And I just, and I wanted to like, my default reaction was to kind of shout back at him. And I kind of started and then I turned and looked at Doug and he was just in fits of laughter. Like his shoulders were going, he's just, he just could not stop laughing at this guy. And and I think in that circumstance, when you're being verbally attacked, you know, humor just kills it, doesn't it? Any tension or conflict, you know, humor just, you know, completely diffuses it. So that was a that was a good lesson, you know. When someone wants to fight, you just laugh at him. <laughs> it's true. Doug was really good at that. My gosh, he's yeah, still very yeah. good at that. He's yeah, he's still he's, he's still really good at it. He's got a, he's got an infectious laugh, and yeah, mm-hmm. I, a lot of good memories serving with Doug. Oh, that's great. So he he mentioned the two things I was going to mention, um, but they're worth mentioning again. The one investigator who called him Simon, and we have no idea why she called him Simon or where she got it from. <laughs> and even though I would say, um, you know, we'd be teaching and, you know, I'd teach a principal. So, Doug, do you want to teach the next principal? I'm like particularly made a point of like making reference to his first name, doing it really loud and repeatedly. And it just came back. Oh, thanks for coming, Simon. It's just like she just didn't get it. it just it just Simon every time. I don't know why it was in her head. But it was so funny. She, she probably thought you were gonna like, why is why is he calling him Doug? That doesn't make sense. His name's Simon. <laughs> <laughs> but she got, she got my name fine, you know. So it's just it's just Simon. <laughs> it's <so good>. oh. <laughs> and the other one he mentioned, and this is a lasting memory from Urban, was the double DA. So that same that same investigator, we we had a lesson with her at four o'clock ish. Wasn't a dinner appointment, but she just brought some food out, and you know we can't turn that down. We had to eat it, and yeah. Um, I don't. He said, I think he said in his podcast what it was, and I've forgotten now. But you know, we filled filled ourselves up, and then. Um, went round to the Wilds house and that was always big three course meal. And I was trying to be as polite as possible and got as much food down me as I could. And then ended up having to go to the bathroom, excuse myself and throw up because I couldn't fit any more in. Oh my God. <laughs> so many of us have had those experiences and it was just to make sure that we didn't offend somebody. Right. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Goodness. But you know, I, I don't know how well my sort of lie came across, but I sort of said, Oh, I've not been feeling very well the last few days. And, yeah, so I, I managed to try and weevil my way out of it a bit. But yeah, oh it was bad. But, oh, it's the double the aims. It's, it's terrible, you know. And, and I was eating a lot more then than I even do now. So, but I, yeah, could not fit. It would have been five courses in total because the, the investigator gave us two and the, the wild oh family gave us three. So. Oh, my gosh. That's insane. Way too much. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. 
one more I remember from Doug, and he didn't mention this. Um, <laughs> I used to take the mick out of Doug for being like a chav, you know, for being a ned, you know. <laughs> and I think before his mission, I think he was, a, I think he was a bit of a chav. Um, <laughs> but he had, um, and if you know Burberry, he had some like a Burberry scarf or something. That's such a, a like a chav thing to have. But um, <laughs> um, this was this was like the early days of eBay. So he had an eBay account and he bought a Versace tie. Oh, so and he got it cheap on eBay for like eight pounds or something. It should have been like eighty or whatever. And it was the ugliest tie you have ever seen. It was it was black with golden like Greek mythological figures on it. It was <laughs> it was disgusting. It was horrific. But like, and I, I I still to this day not worked out whether he was wearing it ironically to pretend he was cool or whether he actually liked it. I don't know which one it was, but he loved it and he would wear it all the time. And it was one of those ties as well that was, this was a bit fashion at the time, that was like super wide. So at the bottom, it must have been like six or seven inches across, you know, like it was, it was huge. It looked like yeah. almost like, like a bib, like a napkin. So <laughs> it was, it was horrendous, but he felt like this was like his eBay bargain and he was such a cool dude for, <laughs> for having that tie wearing it around. But man, yeah, I was embarrassed to be with him when he, when he had that on. <laughs> I don't I don't remember seeing that, but I can I can picture it. That's too good. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, funny stuff. And uh, yeah, so I was I was three months with Doug. Uh yeah, really had a great time with him. And then my last three months were Brock Wilkie, who you had on last week. And that, yeah, that's that was what prompted me to message you because like you said, we we messaged each other a few months ago. But as soon as I heard Brock was on, I was like, right, that's it's my time now. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and I love serving with Brock. He was a, a really genuine, lovely guy, and he he put up with my nonsense for the last few months because uh, I think I got a little trunky, and uh, he, he he dealt with me pretty well. So a uh, couple couple of stories from being with Brock. So um, as I mentioned before, my girlfriend at the time, you know, Maria, now married, um, she was on a mission as well, and with her mission being eighteen months, she got back sort of six or seven weeks before me. So, you know, she was home. Uh, she was waiting for me. She she started the wedding preparation. And when she got home, she um, just started using the same mobile phone that she'd had before a mission. So I knew her number, of course, because you don't forget your girlfriend's number. <laughs> so because it was just a UK mobile number, I sort of worked out if I, I could call her from my mission phone. It's not going to flag up anything because I'm not calling foreign country i'm just calling a uk mobile it could be an investigator or anything so i sort of figured that you know a five minute phone call once a week you know that that would go <laughs> under the radar <laughs> and it did and brock brock knew about it and he was he, he was yeah he, he was cool with it but yeah i started to you know i suppose one foot out of the door realized that my mission was going to end and i had some quite big things coming up because we were going to get married and we needed to sort a house out and i was going to start uni again so you know we, we, we spoke on the phone once a week for the last few weeks <laughs> <laughs> Brock didn't mention that. No, no. He's, he's see twenty years later, and he's still covering for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, oh goodness! I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. Actually, think about. It, I'm ninety nine percent sure he knew. Yeah, I didn't hide it from him. Yeah, he knew what was going on. Yeah, good, good <laughs> guy. Great. I paid him off well. <laughs> That's all. That's all it takes. Yeah. But yeah, the, the positive benefits there to breaking the mission rules that we've been married 17 years and, you know, two kids, et cetera. So, you know, it all works out in the end. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. The, the other thing I did with Brock was I decided for my last six weeks, it's like, right. And again, he just indulged me. He just, 
we just went along with it. I said, every P day, we, we're going to do an activity. We're going to do something so memorable. So like um, one P day, we went and played a round of golf. Um, nice. But one, partic- one particular one I remember was um, Irving was kind of on the coast and across from, from the coastline was the Isle of Arran. Right. Uh, and we, we saw it every day, you know, as long as it wasn't too cloudy, you could see the Isle of Arran look beautiful. There's a big mountain. Um, and I sort of said, I'd love to go there. So we sort of worked the logistics out. There was a ferry across in the morning. There's a ferry back in the evening and we could, we could fit it into a P day. So I sort of said, well, why don't we climb the mountain? Why don't we climb the mountain on Aaron and get to the top? And we looked online and it looked like it was going to be beautiful with amazing scenery at the top. And it was like the highest mountain in, in the area. So you should have been able to see for miles from the top. Uh, but it was February, so <laughs> so stupidly, without without a map or a compass or any proper equipment, just our p- casual P-Day clothes, we, we got the ferry over. Uh, the four of us, so there were four, uh, two elders in Kill winning as well, so I think it was Elder McBride and Elder McLean. Yeah. At the time. I was just so putting the- that together because we talked to Joe last week. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've got one of his titles, actually. So, yeah. Oh, is that right? Um, <laughs> Yes, yeah, so right at the end of my mission, he had a he had an amazing tie, and I begged him for it, and he was really reluctant to part with it, and I managed to persuade him. But yeah, you can tell him I've still got it. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sure it, he'll listen. He'll listen. <laughs> I can post it back to him if he wants. It's kind of out of fashion now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll let him know. So yeah, we 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 got the boat over to Aaron. We we walked on the mountain. I I don't remember it being too cold. Uh, with it been February but it was you know it was a little bit wet and we, we were sort of hiking up the mountain and then as we got close to the top the weather came in in a serious serious way and it was thick fog you know where you, you can't see more than a few meters in front of you heavy rain and by the time we got to the top we were completely drenched we had no idea which way it was back to the boat and there was only like two or three boats a day and then unless we got back down and met this boat we were going to have to find somewhere to sleep on this island so I look back and think that was it was pretty foolish to go over there in February and just think, yeah, we'll just hike that mountain. But yeah, the naivety of youth. And again, I've got the pictures of four soaked missionaries um, <laughs> right, right at the top of Goatfell Mountain on the Isle of Arran. And somehow we made it down and we made the boat and yeah, we got back in time. But yeah, there was some hairy moments there where I thought we we were going to have to be, I don't know, calling it a B&B or something and you know, just trying to shack up for the night. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious. Oh gosh, that's crazy. Uh, Joe Joe didn't have a, as good of a memory of that as you did, and I, probably because he was a new missionary, he was just following the yeah. crowd, right? Yeah, but yeah, what what poor guy who's been in Scotland like I don't know four weeks or something. I'm like, and he's his own leader. The guy's looking up to him like, yeah, let's go up this mountain. <laughs> he must be thinking, <laughs> what a douche. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh god. So apologies for nearly getting him lost on a Scottish mountain in his first area. However, that would have been a very good story if he'd got lost on a mountain. Yeah, it would. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow, amazing. <laughs> so yeah, that 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 brings it to the end. So yeah, I went home in March 2006. Um my girlfriend came up. My fiance came up to the mission home, so my parents met me at the mission home and drove me home. Yeah, she came she came up. So uh, President Sister Bree's got to meet her. Um, we had a hug in the mission office <laughs> in front of President Breen's like, you know, why wouldn't you? <laughs> so, and then, yeah, drove, drove, drove back down and got married three months later. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so cool. Oh, 
Well, you, you segued it well. So tell me about some of your favorite memories of President Sister Vreens, as you've mentioned him a few times. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I had a great relationship with President Vreens, but um, one of the one of the main things I remember was I, I loved the interviews with him because um, he would always say exactly what I needed to hear, uh, and, he, and he just had that that level of leadership and intuition, and you knew that every interview with all the missionaries was very personal. And that he said different things to different people, but it was always <clears throat> it was always exactly what I needed to hear. And I recognise that now, as a leader myself in my job, how important it is to say that to people because sometimes you need an arm around the shoulder, and sometimes you need to kick up the bum. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely times in my mission where I needed both of those. Sometimes more the kick up the bum than the other. But you know, it, it, he said exactly what needed to be said. And one of the things I definitely remember was he he was never satisfied, uh, which I think is kind of a good quality in a leader as well. He was never like great. He was always like, well, what's next? Well, what could you have done? How could it have been better? Um, and as, as a teacher, that's 100% how I have to be in my job. There's always something else to do. There's always ways to improve. There's always things can get better. There was, there was one particular time, I think it was when I was in Johnston, Chris Jones and I had three baptisms in about 10 weeks. So we had a really a really good spell. And I remember walking into interviews, head held high, thinking this is going to be a pat on the back. We've done a good job. And he kicked me up the bum. <laughs> and I wasn't expecting that conversation with him, but um, that that pride I had and that satisfaction I had of doing a good job, he recognised that that was not a good trait in me, and that I needed not a telling off, but I needed encouragement to do better. Um, and that intuition is for me, yeah, the sign of a of a great man and a great leader. Uh, and yeah, I've definitely taken that taken that on board with me as I've as I've gone into my profession. That's a great one. I like that a lot. And Sister Vreen's Little Miss Piggy, yeah. <laughs> and, and have to mention the giant cookies. They were incredible. You know, I would love the recipe for those cookies. So they, I don't know if it's just because we were so starved of good food, but they were like manna from heaven, you know, those cookies on your birthday. <laughs> it's funny you say that because uh, uh, was it, I think when we talked to Jade McGowan the other day. Oh, she, yeah. She said that they tasted awful. <laughs> Oh, I like I like them. Oh, I've got a I've got a good Jane McGowan story actually. So, um, oh, all right. My my brother went. My younger brother went on a mission about a year after me, and he went to Brisbane, Australia. Oh, really? Um, and so when he was when he was in Brisbane, so yeah, I was a little bit ticked that like I'm in Scotland, my brother's in Brisbane, my girlfriend's <laughs> in Cape Town. <laughs> They're getting some tans, and I am not. So he was in. Um, he was in Brisbane and he, when he'd been out a few months, he went round to a member's house for dinner um, and they're just having dinner. And this, the daughter of the member was like, Elder Mace, that's unusual. Maybe from England. Do you have a, do you have any family serving in Scotland? And he's like, yeah, it was Jade McGowan's house. Oh my so, gosh. That's, so that's he, insane. Was at, he was at Jade McGowan's house for, for, for dinner. And she, you know, ra- he said she ran off and you know, went through her photos and came back with this photo. And it was the other Chris. And and, and my brother's like, oh, no, no, that's my cousin. I'm brothers with, with the other one, but I, I, I didn't serve, um, I didn't serve around Jade, uh, too much, but, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> too just, funny. Just, you know, funny story of a, a super small world, you know, that, that he ended up meeting Jade like a year later. God, that is a super small world. She's on the other side of the world, literally. And yeah. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Well, good. Well, Chris, we've 
we filled some great time tonight. Yeah, and, uh, you've, you've exhausted my list of stories. I could probably, do you know, I, I need to reread my journals because I wrote in a journal every day. So I know if I if I dig those out, I, I'll have more memories come fully back. So <laughs> I don't know, follow up episode. <laughs> well, honestly, like, so here here's my proposition to you. So if you can get in touch, I, I've been in touch with Jared Lineker because I, I served yeah. around Jared. He's awesome. He's a little reluctant to come on the podcast. And so I've just said, all right, well, it's open if he wants to come on in the future. If you want to be a guest host when we talk to, when we get, if we can get Jared to commit, we'd love to do that. Yeah, I'd love that. Uh, Dan Conway told me that the best way to get in touch with Alex Rayfield is through his wife's Facebook account. So if you, if you can connect with, <laughs> with Alex's wife, right, you can get in touch it. with him. Yeah. Um, we could have that. Um, Again, I don't I don't remember or know Elder Milburn very well. He again, he was probably well before yeah. my time, right? I'm friends with him on Facebook, so I can I can reach out to him. So if you wanted if you wanted to have him come on and be a guest host, you're more than welcome to do that. And did you say Elder Doan was from America? Yeah, so he's he was from Utah. Um, Utah. Okay. Again, I'm, yeah, I'm friends with him on Facebook, so I can, I can reach out. I mean, more than anything, you've you've got such a great list of companions that if you wanted to come on and share some additional stories and, and, you know, be a part of that. Great. If you want to do a part two, we're up for that too. Absolutely. I mean, the person you need to get in touch with for me is your cousin and tell, tell Chris to come on and uh, share his story. I served yeah. around Chris a lot in my mission. Like, yeah. So I'd, I'd love to connect with him, but I just haven't been able to get in touch with him. Um, is there anybody else that uh, you can think of that you haven't mentioned already that you'd want to have come on in the future that we we can try and track down just as well. Yeah, you you mentioned a couple of big ones. I'd love to hear Rick Midgley's episode because I'm pretty close friends with him. And you mentioned Tom Brownlow, who, as yeah. I said, I've not seen him for years, but we grew up together. So it'd be lovely to hear like his side of the mission. A um, couple of others. There was, there was a good, I know um, Alistair Martin mentioned this, there was a good Sheffield contingent uh, in the mission. So I'm from Sheffield, Al, Al Martin is. And Carl Newman was from Sheffield. So it'd be interesting to hear from Carl Newman. I think he may have been before before your time, but yeah, he. His first he, name was what? Kyle, you said. Carl. Carl. Yeah, there's my accent. <laughs> no, you're okay. I yeah, so, so that, that, that'd be interesting. I, okay, I'll have to see if I can get in touch with him. That'd be great. Um. Yeah, the other one that you have an inside track on that uh, has been brought up a lot is your brother-in-law. Peter. Ah, yes. Do you know what? I, I, I mentioned this to him at Christmas. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, has, has Zach Hewlett contacted you? And he's like, yeah, I've not got time. So uh, he might he might take a bit more persuasion. He's got, um, <laughs> he's married. He's got two quite young kids. So he's, he's really got his handful at the moment. But um, okay. Yeah. Family but, connection. I'll have to, I'll have to force him. <laughs> just, just, just keep, uh, just keep, you know, you know, nudging him a little bit. He, he, I'll share a quick story and I've probably shared it on another podcast, but he'll listen to yours. I'm certain one of my favorite memories of Peter was he was one of my first um, district leaders in Aberdeen when I was up in Peterhead and we went on an exchange and we were in his area and he just drugged me all around his area. I kid you not. It was the busiest day I'd, I'd been a part of. And on the way home, <clears throat> on the way back to the flat, he goes, Hey, we don't have really any food. We're just going to get a McDonald's. And I was like, Oh, McDonald's, you know, sounds pretty good. We get back to the flat and he says to me, he goes, I feel like it's a little bit uh, counterproductive to bless this food. 
but I'm going to bless it anyway. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> because it was McDonald's and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, I just thought it was the funniest thing. And it's something that stuck in my mind a lot. So I'd love to hear from Peter because again, he was early on in my mission and then I didn't see him the rest of the time um, that I was there. So it'd yeah. be great to connect with him eventually. Yeah. But uh, well, Chris, thank you so much for, for making time. No problem. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun just just digging the memories out and just when you wait, you, you know, go through them verbally and speak through them, they just come flooding back, even though it's you know nearly twenty years ago. Oh my gosh! I mean, it's amazing. Like in in so many instances, we've had a couple of former sister missionaries that have come on, and they're like, "I'm super nervous." And we're like, "Why? Like this is this is what you remember of the mission. Share it with us and and be part of what you remember." And like you said, a lot of the preparation that's going on into a, a lot of these conversations is people getting back into their journals and digging through their yep. scrapbooks and remembering their favorite missionary companions or their favorite missionaries just from the mission itself or the members that they spent time with it. It's just been an incredible journey that we've been on. So I'm grateful that you're part of it. We we truly love you and are so grateful. You're one of our brothers oh, from Scotland. So I've been called out enough times that, yeah, it's my t- it was my turn to do the episode, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, we, we again, we love you. Um, I'll just remind everyone who's listening, if you're interested in being on the podcast, send us an email to sempodcast at, S- or excuse me, at 51spyla.com or go to 51spyla.com and fill out a contact sheet. We're, we're filling up pretty quick, but... Uh, that's okay. It's it's amazing the word of mouth that has exploded from this. And Jack and I have done the math, and we're just in the infancy of this. It's really exciting. Oh, I've got one more person I can call out. Um, All right. Yeah, the area we live in at the moment, the the bishop is Kofi Asariado. Kofi. Oh my gosh. So uh, yeah, he lives, you know, about a mile away from us. <laughs> well, and so Jack reached out to him early on. Um, as we were getting into this and he said, he said he would do it, but he said he had some things going on. And I know just based upon his profession, he's a busy, busy man. Yeah. yeah he works at the university. So yeah, he is a busy guy. He's got three kids, but yeah. And you he said he's your some... bishop too. He's a, he's bishop in the ward right now. Yeah. <laughs> he will have some good stories. Oh man. He will definitely have some good stories. See, and the funny thing about Kofi is Kofi left the day that I got to the mission. So I right. met him in the mission home. I said, nice to meet you. And then didn't have any interaction, but Jack, Jack spent some time around him. So, um, that'll be a fun one that we will definitely get in touch with Kofi and get him on the schedule sooner than later. So, yeah, I'll Chris, drive mate. to his house and I'll knock on the door and say, do the podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love it. That sounds great. Well, we appreciate you, mate. Thanks again for a wonderful, right. wonderful night. We'll talk to you again soon. Great. Thanks right. for having me. Cheerio, mate. Bye. Bye.